Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Uh, Man, I thank God for you. I love you. It's a crazy season we find ourselves in, but we're going to make it through. We're going to the other side. We're going through the protection of God. We're going by the power of God. We're going by the providence of God. We're going to safety. We're going to be better than we ever were before. We're going in strength. We're going in peace. We're going in joy. We're going in hope. And all that is true because we're going together. We're going together with each other. We're going together with our Lord. And, and I'm so grateful um, that you are with us. Our Janesville campus is with us. Our McChesney Park campus is with us. And we may be doing social distancing, but spiritually, we're together. I can be, if I can't be with you, I can be for you. I can pray for you. If you, you can't be with me, you can be for me. That you can pray for me. And most importantly, wherever we are, we can be for Jesus. I mean, stand up for Jesus. One of the things that has struck me, it feels like, like the whole world can change in one day. It was like uh, just a few months ago, we were all cheering for our, our favorite NBA team and looking forward to March Madness and uh, the start of uh, professional baseball, the Masters enjoying hockey, and now it's all shut down. Businesses are shut down. Restaurants are are reduced to curbside service or delivery. I mean, it feels like in one day. Just think about our vocabulary. Phrases like social distancing and sheltering in place and self-quarantine. I mean, they weren't even on our radar two months ago. I mean, two months ago, stock market at all-time highs. Now it's bottomed out. Two months ago, unemployment, all-time lows. And now it's at all-time highs. And in fact, our heart goes out to you if you've, you, you've lost your job or you've been laid off or your, your business feels like it's being diminished to nothing. That's why even now, even now in the midst of this crazy season, our focus needs to be on what never changes. That's why I want to point you right from the onset to Jesus. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever. What we're going through is for a season. Our Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's one of the reasons the author of Hebrews could declare with full passion, God assures us, I'll never let you down. I'll never walk off, never leave you. So we can boldly say, God is here, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. 
I know it may be a little weird, but you can whisper this, you can sigh this, you can say this, you can shout this. We need to live these words right now. Say it with me. God is here. God is here in my home. God is here with my family. God is here in my finances and ready to help, ready to help in my marriage, ready to help in my parenting, ready to help with my bills. I'm fearless. I'm fearless no matter what. It seems like in one day, the whole world can change. But here's what I want you to get. Over the course of the next 20 minutes, in one day, a virus may change our world for a season, a season, but Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus can change your personal world, your personal world, right now and forever in one day. And I'd like for you to think about where you would like for your personal world to change, how you would like for your personal world to change. Where in your world, your personal world, as personal as your family, as personal as your friendships, as personal as your finances, your feelings, where would you like to see change take place? Well, while you think about that, I want to take you into a story of a real man from history who met Jesus, and in one day, his personal world was dramatically changed. Here's how the story opens. Jesus entered Jericho and and was passing through. Now, personally, all the times I've been to Israel, I never want to pass through uh, Jericho. That's where we get to ride on the camels. Uh, It's a beautiful, beautiful place. They call it the City of, of Palms. And Jesus was going through Jericho, because he's going up to Jerusalem where a cross awaits him, where the possibility of your sins forgiven awaits him, where the possibility of my salvation awaits him, where the possibility of, of his sacrifice for us awaits him. So he is, he is a man on a mission. He is driven. In fact, before he even enters the city limits of Jericho, He calls a time out with his closest followers. Here's what happens. Jesus took his 12 disciples aside and said to them, here's the deal, guys, we're going up to Jerusalem. And when he said up, he meant up. It's an 18-mile straight-up hike from Jericho to Jerusalem. Jericho's down by the Dead Sea, 850 feet below sea level. Jerusalem's on the heights, 2,500 feet above sea level. We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be, will be betrayed to the chief priest. They will condemn him to death and turn him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Did you get that last part? They didn't at the time. We got to get it. Our Jesus is a risen Savior. When he said up, he meant up. But as he made that long, hard hike, he wasn't concerned with the steepness of the trail or the difficulty of the hike or that it was going on for 18 miles. Every painstaking step, he thought of you. He was completely concerned with you because he knew that if he didn't go to Jerusalem, if he didn't go to the cross, I was going to hell. And maybe we all feel like we're going through like a season of coronavirus, hell right now. Uncertainty, insecurity. 
but Jesus is with us. He will not uh, walk by us. He will not walk away from us. In fact, here's the truth about your Jesus right now, right now. He is walking to you and he wants to walk with you through the days and weeks ahead. There was a man. Now, it says man because he was just a regular person. I mean, a regular person has hurts and hardships. Um, They have flaws and failings. That was this guy. Except that this guy was really, really rich and really, really powerful. There was a man, just a man, in Jericho by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the head tax guy. Head tax guy for that region, which made him the richest guy in that region. Head tax man and quite rich. He desperately wanted to see Jesus. You see, because he was a tax guy and the head of all tax guys, that meant that he was the head of all thieves, all liars, all cheats. That means he's a social outcast. And though his bank account and his pockets are full, his heart is empty. There's something broken inside Zacchaeus. Some insecurity, some uncertainty, some worry, some fear that all the money in the world can't take care of. And so he is desperate, desperate, desperate to get to Jesus. And desperation, oh my gosh, it's like a, it's like a magnet that draws Jesus to us. It, uh, desperate for Jesus makes us irresistible uh, to Jesus. You see, here's a, a double desperation dynamic for us. Number one, to be desperate for Jesus is to see Jesus as our only hope. That's Zacchaeus. My money's not going to get it. My position's not going to get it. All my influence is not going to get it. All the people who work for me aren't going to get it. All the people I can take money from, not going to get it. I need Jesus is my only hope. Jesus is my only hope. And so we turn to him in prayer. We turn to him with passion. Desperation is seeing Jesus as your only hope. And number two, Jesus is always drawn irresistibly to our desperation. And so here we have a Savior, a Lord, on his way, man on a mission. This is Jesus. He's got an agenda. He's got a plan. He's going to the cross. But something goes off inside him that makes Makes Jesus put his plans on the back burner. Makes Jesus set aside his own agenda. Reschedule his day. Reschedule a few days. He's not going to go through. He's not going to go by. He's walking to so that he can walk with Zacchaeus. The story goes on. Zacchaeus desperately wanted to see Jesus, but being a short man. Short people, God. Nobody. That was free. And I'm short, so I know. Zacchaeus desperately wanted to see Jesus, but being a runt of a guy, he could not because of the crowd. Now, to tell you the truth, the crowd's not letting. I mean, if Zacchaeus was a good guy, they'd let him squirm through. No, no, no. It's not just their height that put him at a disadvantage. It's that they hated him. No way they were. Jesus doesn't want to see you. Jesus doesn't want to look at you. You don't deserve to be in the presence of Jesus. Because he was short, he could not see because of the crowd. So he ran. Now, this is, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Because in that day, adult men did not run. Uh, 
rich adult men did not run. If you had an emergency, send the servant, send the kid, but don't let him see you sweat. Don't run. He didn't care what anybody thinks. Zacchaeus doesn't care if people are laughing at him, and they had to be. Pointing at him. Look at that little runt scurrying around. Looks like a chicken with his head cut off. So he ran. He ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree. That had to be hilarious. This little guy's got both arms around the trunk of that tree, shinning himself up the tree. His little legs had to be showing as his robe went up and down as he climbed the tree. He climbs a sycamore fig tree. He doesn't care. He's desperate to get to Jesus. Whatever it takes, whatever he's going to do. He did it to see Jesus since Jesus was coming that way. This is a powerful truth I found for my life. And I want to help you get etched on your heart today. Maybe you want to grab a pencil and write this down. This is so huge for your life and what we're going through together. If you do whatever it takes to get to Jesus, Jesus does whatever it takes to get to you. I mean, even you watching me now is evidence that you're doing whatever it takes to feed your soul on Jesus. You're doing whatever it takes to be close to Jesus. You're doing whatever it takes to experience Jesus. And I know you got your concerns. I know you got your uncertainties. I know that your life is changing as our world is changing. But know this, when you are willing to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus, he does whatever it takes to get to you. He is greater than the virus. He is greater than our fears. He is greater than our uncertainties. And when he goes before us into the future, he makes a way. He makes a way of victory. Here's his promise. Here's his promise to you. And you can declare it and you can claim it right now because you're doing what it takes to get to Jesus. Here you go. Jesus says, when you come looking for me, you will find me. When you get serious about finding me and, and want it more than anything, I'll make sure you're not disappointed. I will turn things around for you. Man, wouldn't that be an awesome way to do life? Just going through life, never disappointed. It's possible. As you do life with Jesus, I mean step by step, hope by hope. This is a turnaround Jesus. You do whatever it takes to get to him, to experience him, to get more of him in your life. And he turns things around for you. In fact, I would be absolutely convinced if we could ever get our whole world to turn to Jesus, he would turn this whole virus thing around. But he'll turn things around for you. He'll turn around your marriage. He'll turn around your financial situation. He'll turn around your business. He will turn around your emotions. You do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. You won't be disappointed. And he'll turn things around for you. Um, And Jesus reached the spot. This is what the desperation within Zacchaeus, his willingness to do whatever it would take. It it got Jesus not just in the general 
vicinity. Zacchaeus was not just going to watch a Jesus parade go by. No, Jesus came to the spot. He knew where to find Zacchaeus. In fact, this is the time to put yourself in the story, crawling out on the limb with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had found an advantageous position just to see Jesus. And when you put yourself in an advantageous position to experience Jesus, doing whatever it takes, then you get more than you ever dreamed, more than you ever hoped. When you do whatever it takes to get to Jesus, you get more than you ever hoped for. Way more. This Jesus is not a person from history. This Jesus is not, not just a part of a faith fable. This Jesus is God. And when you get him, you get love. And when you get him, you get hope. And when you get him, you get peace. And when you get him, you get joy. And so when you get more of him, more hope, more love, more peace, more joy. Here's what happened. Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Who would have guessed? Who would have thought? It wasn't even on Zacchaeus' radar. He just wants to see the guy walking through his town. And Jesus stops, points at him, and calls him by name. I feel the same thing is happening to you and I right now. Can you, can you listen? Can you hear him? Jesus is whispering over your soul, your name. He is speaking you. He is speaking love into you. He is speaking life into you. He is speaking identity into you. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you by name. Jesus said, quick, come down. I must. That word must means it is an absolute necessity to be a guest in your home today. A guest in your home, that phrase in the Greek actually means, it, the Greek word is minnow, and it means that Jesus wants to stay the night. Now, only a dear friend would invite himself to the home of another to spend the night. This is Jesus saying that Zacchaeus, you're, you're my new best friends. Now, nobody, nobody saw this coming. Nobody in the wildest imagination thought this could ever occur. In fact, the crowd is infuriated. This Jesus is going off with this loser, this cheat, this liar, this thief. They're kicking the dirt and cussing and spitting on the ground and and as they point fingers and shake their heads, Jesus puts his arm around Zacchaeus and together they walk toward his home. Um, you see Zacchaeus, he didn't, he didn't give this a second thought, baby. He came down and at once he welcomed Jesus. Gladly, you, you want me to be your new best friend? You see, if, 
Zacchaeus is a social outcast, and he was a really rich uh, social outcast, a really powerful social outcast. But if he was a social outcast, anybody who entered his home, anybody who walked over the threshold of his house, anyone who went under his roof would be deemed a social outcast as well. Jesus didn't give a rip. Jesus didn't care. It's Jesus' way of saying, Zacchaeus, I want to be your new best friend. I don't care who knows it. I don't care what it costs me. Now, the reason this is in the Bible, the reason this text has lasted all these thousands of years is because this is the word of Jesus for you today. I want to be your new best friend. I don't care what anybody thinks, and I don't care what it costs me. And he knew what it would cost him. A cross, nails through his hands and feet, a bloody, brutal, torturous death. I don't care what it cost me for you to be my friend. Um, all the people, they began to mutter at this, this Jesus, what kind of Jesus is this? Um, he, he's gone to be the guest of a notorious, of a notorious sinner. Now, we're not exactly for sure certain uh, what happened behind closed doors. I'm going to guess that um, if it's like what I've read in Scripture and other places, that Zacchaeus would spread out an amazing meal for Jesus. Think about it. He would for sure serve unleavened bread, which would symbolize the broken body of Jesus. He would for sure serve wine, which would go on to symbolize the poured out blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. He would more than likely serve lamb to the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We don't know what kind of conversation happened over that dinner, but if Jesus was true in that moment to other conversations he had with other people, I can imagine him saying something like this, Zacchaeus, I want to tell you something. Oh, look, in, look in my eyes, Zacchaeus. I care about you. I, I, I love you. I, I like you. And I accept you just as you are. To me, to my God, you are not a social outcast. You, you can be a child of the one true and living God. All you got to do is walk away from this empty life. Follow me. I'll give you super abundant life. I can just see Jesus ratcheting him up, up the passion. Super abundant joy, man. Better than money. Super abundant hope. Super abundant peace. Super abundant love. We know that Jesus had a history of making those same kinds of comments to other people in large crowds, small groups, or person to person. Now, what we do know for sure, because it's in the text, is how Zacchaeus responds to Jesus Zacchaeus stood up. Now, this was more than a physical action. The way they did dinner was to recline at a low table on the floor. And Zacchaeus comes to his knees and on uh, to his little legs. When he stands up, it's a statement. It's a symbolic gesture of complete devotion. It's not just taking a stand. It's taking a stand for 
Jesus. Zacchaeus is taking a stand for Jesus. And to show that it's the real deal, he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my wealth to the poor. He's a changed man from the inside out. He takes a stand. Jesus, I am for you. Jesus, I am with you. And to prove it, I'm giving away. I'm making a a financial sacrifice. I'm giving away half of my wealth to the poor. And right then, Jesus stood up. And look what Jesus said. Salvation has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself to be true. He's the real deal. He's a real child of God. He's a real follower of Jesus. And so... It's kind of interesting. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow half the time. But six months ago, God knew that this message was going to happen tonight. This is when we planned out this series of messages. Six months ago. And so it feels like I am compelled to look out to you, my central Christian church family, and say, I'm calling you with me to take a stand for Jesus and with Jesus, to do the Zacchaeus thing so that Jesus sees that we're the real deal. Zacchaeus gave evidence of the authenticity, the genuineness of his faith by sacrificial giving. So I'm gonna call all of us, yes, to give every out of every pay period. And I know some of you have lost jobs. I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you. Some of you, your businesses have dwindled down. And I'm praying for you too. We're going to come through this. God is going to help you. Jesus is going to be faithful to you. For those of us who have not lost our jobs, to whom much is given, much is required. So I'm saying let's have a resurrection weekend love offering. We haven't been able to do our dollar club that we give away every week to people in desperate need. So we want to replenish that. We still have hungry people We've had to come up with a new design, a new plan to get groceries to hungry people. But our food stores need to be replenished. Outdoor outreach is coming up this summer for for children who are under-resourced. And we want to make sure all those kids are able to go and be fed at our outdoor outreach camp. And then, you know, this 2020 has been a rugged year for us. We thought it started out hard with four bad weather weekends. Our expenses go through the roof with snow plowing. Uh, People can't get to church because of the bad weather. Our offerings go down. And we just pray. Deb and I are praying every night, Lord, help us recover. Lord, help us recover. And he was being faithful. He is faithful. But then this whole coronavirus thing hit. Our offerings have dropped in half. Um, we, we need to be true Christ followers. And I'm going to invite our executive pastor, Eric, up here with me to tell you how we're going to do it. Yeah. Six feet. Six feet. I don't, I don't know when you last washed your hands. Um, uh, man, I'm, I'm so glad to get a chance to talk right to you because, you know, there are a lot of ways that you can give. And, and again, man, the last thing we want to do is, is create this big uh, pressure thing. But, but I know that for me, staying faithful... Um, and what God has called me to do is super important. And so we want to give you every possible way that we can to, um, 
to, to give. And so here's a, here's a few options. Number one, we have our give app and I know a lot of you give on your phone. I do that. Um, you can, you can hop on your give app and, and, um, most importantly, we'd love to invite you to sign up, not just to give, but to give in a recurring fashion. And I know that's kind of a weird word, but it just means that, um, automatically, this is how I give on Friday, every Friday, um, I get my paycheck, it gets deposited directly into my account, and then my, my offering gets pulled directly out of my account. And so if you're, if you're willing, we would love, especially if you are, are still getting your paycheck every week, we would, we would really love it if you would consider um, starting a recurring giving. And that's super easy to do on that Give app. Um, right now, if you're watching uh, Church Online, you can just uh, click on the um, online giving button, or the link will be right in the, um, in the chat room, and, and we'll put the link in the chat room too for the Facebook live stuff. So make sure you click on that and you can do recurring giving through all of those links. But here's what I also know is that for some of you guys, um, you really, part of your, um, the way that you give is you like to write a check. And there were a bunch of you, I mean, a bunch of you who did that last Sunday during the, um, the service and you wrote out your check and you took that check out to the mailbox and you stuck the little flag up. And on Wednesday, it showed up at our church and there were thousands of dollars that came in that way. And man, we can't say how much we appreciate that. Um, but we want to ask if, if God has blessed you, if you're still getting a paycheck during this time, would you please consider um, sending in a check or sending, uh, getting on that uh, online giving? Um, and I, you know, I'm going to turn it back over to David. I know that's just kind of all how you can do it, but, but we'd like to pray over you. Pray over your family and your finances and everything that God is doing. And we never want to pressure you into anything, but we believe that God will step into your life as you are faithful to him in your giving. David, you want to pray for us? Yeah, I love you, Eric. I thank God for all these guys on the stage. And it's one of the things that I want to make clear. We are not afraid. We've been extending excellent ministry to, to you, to all kids, to teenagers, um, and we're going to keep doing that no matter what. Uh, every time my Debbie and I pray, we thank God that through the 39 years of our ministry here, he's always carried us through everything. Maybe there's been nothing like this, but I believe that our God will be faithful through our generosity to carry us through. So unafraid and fearless no matter what. Let's go before his throne. Would you bow with me? God, this has been great, great worship. God, I love the people of Central Christian. It humbles me to be the pastor of the greatest church on the planet. Oh my gosh. And so I, as Deb and I have been praying, we pray your protection over every single person who comes to this church. We, we pray your protection over families and finances. And Lord, um, we believe that your Holy Spirit is anointing this right now and that you'll use this to your glory I pray protection, I pray provision, I pray peace, I pray confidence, I pray boldness, I pray the love of Jesus Christ by the power of his shed blood and in his name, amen and amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.